I am here with the Reverend Jackie Gatliff, a pastor at Christ Church Memphis. Today we're going to talk about loving well those that we disagree with. Uh, to start this conversation, I want to frame it that this is about in-person discussions and disagreements with friends and family. This is not referencing disagreements that we get into online, on social media, and this is also not about disagreements specifically with strangers, although you could maybe take some points from that. Uh, so to start, Jackie, I want to welcome you and say thank you for being here today. But I want to ask a really broad question to start. Um, so this is broad strokes. Why do we disagree? Mm, Lance, first of all, let me say it's always fun to talk to you, but now it's just a delight and a privilege to be here with you in this space. So thank you for just the opportunity of that. So the question is, why do we disagree? You, you know well there's not just one answer to that. There are just dozens, if not millions, of reasons that we disagree. It can be because of um, what we bring to the conversation, to that moment, what our life experiences have been. Um, we may have a difference of um, intellectual or educational experience. A lot of it, though, I think that we find is it's often personal preference. You know, that we have a leaning towards one way of looking at things. It's our worldview, how that's been developed. But, um, but yeah, I really think personal preference just plays that that is like the number one thing that all these other things kind of play into it. But I think the main reason... Um, is that we disagree is that we we don't take the time and the effort and real emotional energy it takes to connect you know, and to communicate that there's just a lot of work that goes to you know we, people say that they don't want to they don't want to chit chat they want to have meaningful conversations but those are work mm. so that's when i think of the word disagreement i think of the word defense that's the one of the first words that comes to my mind is and so what you're saying is that a lot of this is just a defense of what we believe and hold true well if you look at the definition of disagreement which i did it, it's just it says a difference of opinion but i thought oh that is just a shallow definition because disagreement plays into all of who we are it plays into our emotions our intellect um, it can play into us physically. I mean, you know when you've had a disagreement with your fabulous wife, it affects you physically. And it does with me with my husband, that we just, we take it in. So it's more than just a difference of opinion. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's where we are just disagreeing on what we think is the topic, but there's always more underneath that, that we're looking at. So how do, how do we find out what that is underneath that level? How do we get there? Two things, I think, and I really want to talk as being a Christ follower and what that means, that we have the Holy Spirit in us, that we are known by God, which means that we are able to know more of who we are. To get at it, we have to understand what our intentions are, what are our own heart motivations, where are our leanings, and when we are in that, then we are able to, um, to step out of that. That's a secure place for us. And then be curious. That's going to be the word. I'm just. I'm always thinking that way. I got to be curious about what is it about this person that gives them um, the reason, or why, why are they looking at things that way? But I need to understand that usually the disagreement. It's not just the presenting thing. It's what's behind it, and that's where we usually don't go to. You know, we're not willing to say, okay, this is going to take some time and energy to figure that out. Um, but usually what the presenting thing is, it's not the thing. It's what's underneath it. And it's, I think about when in conversations with friends and family, those relationships are often the most volatile in the sense that I know them best. I know the triggers of them best. And so, how you know, knowing that, going into disagreements with those, 
how do we be cautious of those volatile things? Because I mean, I know it triggers my wife. And so when we're in a disagreement, I'm probably going to push that button. <laughs> oh yeah. The old button pushing. Um, yeah, let me think on that. Yeah. You know, part of it is it's the way we're approaching people. Are we looking for wins? Are we looking for who has the power in the moment? You know, like, um, well, she obviously doesn't get it. So therefore I have more information than she does. And so you're really kind of subtly saying, well, I know more than she does. And so therefore I have more power in the relationship. And that isn't who you want to be, particularly as a follower of Jesus. And Jesus never was doing that with people. Yeah. And so I also think with the close relationships that there's also um, typically a place um, where we think we might be safe, that, you know, this person, they're not going to walk out on me. That You know, I mean, we, we can unload or engage in this conversation because we think that person probably isn't going to leave us, um, which isn't always true because um, they can check out emotionally in many ways. But, um, but yeah, it is something, yeah, why is it that I can have um, um, disagreements with my husband that I would not, never think of even engaging with with someone else? Well, it's because I'm in a covenant relationship with him and that there's going to be something in there that is going to be shaping me in, in that disagreement. You know? when, I, when I think about relationships, I think about hard conversations. Hard conversations get you somewhere. Uh, it's never fun. They're never comfortable. They're always uncomfortable. But those hard conversations are where you really grow in your relationships with people. And I think having disagreements is having those hard conversations and growing with people. So how much value is there to having these disagreements in a relationship? Well, it depends on you know how willing, how much do you really want to have a relationship that has any substance and meaning. There's a line that I learned a long time ago that um, growth always takes place in the context of conflict. And so if you understand that, then it's not just an argument or a disagreement, that there's something that about me that I'm going to learn in this um, and the other person too. But often what we're dealing with now, just in our culture, is that people aren't, that that's not what they're interested in. They're not interested in the growth. You know, they're just in, interested in being right. And so, you know, so that, but if we know that that's where growth is, there's always something for me to be, to be learning. Um, I had a situation with my husband last night where I didn't understand something. He said, well, what about this? I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Never thought of it that way. Do you know what I mean? And so, so that is the value of just being in a relationship with those that we are close with, that we're willing to hear what they're saying and be willing to say, okay, this is the opportunity to be growing. Talking about hearing what they're saying, I think about James one nineteen when it says, "Be slow to slow to anger, quick to listen." Those kind of things, you know. Talk about the value of listening in a conversation. That's not always our first instinct, especially when you know, like I referenced earlier, defense. So that talk about that for a second. I James was right. Be slow to you know to speak, quick to listen. Um, because there's always something that we're not understanding. I, I have to assume that I'm not completely understanding. Like I put my own filters on that person. And so I need to be able to hear what they're saying. You know, the other is, um, you know, and that there's just always a phrase that sh- should be quick to come off our tongue. And that is just to say, tell me more. And then listen, tell me more. And then listen. You know, that again, it's that curiosity thing, getting down from one layer, going lower, lower, lower to, to really the heart of who that person is. But, you know, just being heard, 
You know, I mean, I, I know you experienced this with your wife. How often has she said to you, I just want to tell you this, but then you were quick to listen, but then you wanted to fix it. She didn't want you to fix it. I don't want my husband to fix it. I just want him to hear it because then, then I feel valued as a person. Because usually when we're saying something, um, we know that it can't be fixed. And that's why we're in the state that we're in. But it just needs to be heard. And then I'm, then I'm feeling loved and I'm seen. So I think about uh, when I vehemently disagree with someone, say if we're talking politics or something, I'm pretty steadfast in my opinion and what I'm asking and saying of this other person. And they're gonna be probably equally steadfast in their opinion. So how do we come into those kind of, I know, especially hot topics like politics and religion, people are going to be steadfast in their opinion. So how do we, and we're going to be in the same position. So how do we take a step back and listen to what they're saying when we already know where we stand in these situations? You know, again, I go back to, you know, what are we really hoping in the relationship? Are we hoping to understand where they are politically or why they, why they are or not wearing masks? That's not the issue. You know, that, that may be the presenting thing, but it is, what are people looking for? They're looking for connection. You know, I, I, I really, I've just been reminded lately just of um, what we are all looking for from the day we're born. We're looking for four things. We're looking, we've already talked about, we want to be seen. Um, we want to be soothed, meaning that our things, you know, our, we need to be fed. We need to be taken care of. We need to be soothed, but then we need to feel safe. And then along with when you're feeling safe and you're feeling that you're receiving comfort and you're, you can be confident, um, and then you're secure. So that if, you're, if you are in a relationship with somebody and you're around that table and you're talking, you know, politics or masks or vaccines or not, um, you know, you think that way. Are, are, am I seeing them and I hearing them? Am I presenting myself in such a way that I am allowing them to see me. Because sometimes you talk about that defense thing. Oh yeah, sometimes that wall is just so high. But no, am I, it's in my body language, is the tone of my voice, am I approachable and it, it, so that I, that I can be seen as well? Um, being soothed, you know? I wanna know that, hey, this is gonna be okay. But, but in the safety thing, that's usually where we, we, we stop. We miss it when we don't go past, you know, we don't do well with seeing and hearing. But where we need to be able to have those conversations is if we're feeling safe, where they can be um, confident that what will be said won't be, <laughs> won't, the response won't be a harsh one, like a dismissive one. That's often what we do with people when we disagree with them. I'll just say it, what an idiot. I mean, we're either saying it or we're thinking it. And we know what Jesus said about what's in our heart. So if we're even thinking it, then we're already on the wrong track. But no, it's like, no, if, if I want to create a safe space, and if I, you know, and if I am the Christ follower, and if I'm a, you know, Holy Spirit's in me, then I have the ability to create that safe space. There's nothing that's going to happen to me. I'm not going to lose anything if I'm creating a place where they can feel safe. Because the question isn't, you know, whether they're, you know, wearing the mask, which we've already said, or not. That's not the topic. What you're really going for in these situations is you're looking for connection because that's what we long for more than anything. We don't long for 
getting you on board with my politics. We're not looking for that. We're looking for a connection that all those other things provide, which then leads us to feeling secure. But, you know, but that's what we're looking for is the connection. So if we have those conversations that are really hard, and part of me, I'm kind of getting distracted thinking of those conversations that I have had that were harsh and, you know, kind of turned on my heels and walked away. Either I really did that or I did that internally. Um, you know, it's like, the important thing is that we have the conversation because I think we don't want to have those conversations because we're afraid people are going to just turn and walk away. But if we have a connection, a difficult conversation for 30 minutes, then we are farther along in that relationship because we had the conversation than if we didn't. So the goal isn't to win. The goal is connection. And that doesn't, the other person doesn't have to be thinking that way. But that's, if that's what's driving you, then that's going to drive your posture. That's going to you know, just change the relationship. Okay, we disagree, but man, we were connected in that. And I didn't, I wasn't made to feel like an idiot. Um, but, but that's what it is. You know, just, you know, that's what Jesus did with people. You know, like he would say hard things, he would engage with them, but he never called anybody an idiot. He just didn't. He kind of revealed things. And then it was kind of up to them what to do with it. But he didn't pull back his love from them. He didn't walk away from them. You know, there's nobody that would have said, oh, Jesus turned on his heels and walked away from me. No, if anything, Jesus came further into the relationship. You know, which is what God does with us all the time. Moment by moment. When it's, he's coming after us, he's entering into us when we are the ones that are just kind of being crazy. But... But God is always coming after us, always pursuing us. And that's what, that's what we're doing in these, in these conversations. We're pursuing the person, not the topic, not the presenting point, pursuing the person. As I think about, you know, we like to build ourselves, we like to insulate ourselves with comfort and the people that we love. And I think about when we disagree with friends and family, I worry, or I think the worry is that we're losing that person from our bubble, that this person is no longer agreeing with us and they, they may be losing our friendship or losing the family value there. Is that, do you think that's a real concern when we disagree with those loved ones? Oh, I think it's a totally legitimate concern that that's what we think, but I think we need to change what our perspective and what our hope is in that relationship. I mean, I'm thinking of family members. I know where they stand on this, but you know, on that situation, they know where I stand on that situation, but man, I want to be gathering around them. I want to be in, enjoying who they are because that's not the essence of who they are, where they are politically or any of those things. That's not who they are. We are, we want to be the people that are going after the heart of who they are and revealing that. And if we disagree with them, okay, we disagree with them. It's really okay. That's not the sum of who they are. Even if they think it's the number one thing, we have to be able to look at them and say, that's, a, that's just a smidgen, just a small part of who you are. It's not really the essence of who you are. So that's what we get to do with people is that we get to kind of pursue them in such a way that, man, what a great thing to be able to disagree with somebody. And then at the end of the conversation, gosh, we're still at a different place, but we still care for one another. We haven't written each other off. I mean, you know, that's what we have, right? We've got the cancel culture. We've got the Twitter mobs. I mean, it's just, you know, that just throw people in horrific ways. I mean, the things we know that, you know, what's out there. 
But we can't do cancel culture with the person sitting in front of us. You just can't do it. I think that's one of the big things today is we devalue disagreements because disagreements create diversity. We have never reached uh, a moment of concession when we all agree. It's, you know, when we come together with our disagreements, each having our own platform, each having our own thing that we need to accomplish, that's when we get something greater is when we come together through disagreements. So talk about, I want you to hear, I want to hear your opinion on just the value of diversity and disagreements. Oh, I get that question. I I love that question. You know, I think, um, after a while, when we are just with people that look like us, think like us, speak like us, same educational back, all, all that stuff, after a while, it really is boring. In some ways, we may think it's safe because it's like we feel like we can control it, we know what to expect. But no, if I'm going to be living in the world um, and seeing where God's kingdom is going for it, God's kingdom does not look like my limited world. God's kingdom is much greater. And there are going to be people there that right now I'm just disagreeing with. And believe me, many times I'm thinking, ooh, one day I'm going to be around that wedding feast table in heaven and all this stuff isn't going to matter. It just isn't. But I need those voices. I need people who have a different background than me, different experience, because no, I, because that helps me understand my world, that how, how my world end up being what it is. I need to hear what this friend is saying to me. And, you know, and it takes work. Um, but man, it's just, I'm going, oh, I haven't thought about that. Tell me more. You know, when I think about, um, when I just think about, um, you, you know, friends that I love who are African-American, who are just looking at the world differently, how much has that enriched me to understand what's going on? Because their experience has been so different than mine. I need to know that because that is showing me how God is moving in the world. And I want that's where I want to be. I want to be where God's already moving. And he's not just in my own little world. He's in all kinds of different places. How do we have those hard conversations when we know a friend or family member has not had the same experiences that we have, that maybe they're coming from a place of poor logic or just lack of experience? How do we handle those kind of conversations? It's a hard one. It's a hard one, Lance. I, I, I think a lot of times it's like, sometimes it really is, what's the point in having the conversation? I mean, just realistically, it's like, what will bring any growth from going into that kind of conversation. You know, my job is not to help someone think correctly according to the way I think. That's not my job. You know, that's not what I'm about with somebody. My, my interest is always gonna be much more what's going on in their soul. You know, that's just a reflection. You know, and oftentimes if they're disagreeing with or we think the logic is wrong, when we're thinking beneath what's going on, what's going on there? I mean, particularly the last, you know, 20 months, have we ever known more anxiety, more fear than, and that's not, that's everybody. I mean, we're just in that unique period where everybody's in the same place in terms of having experienced stuff that they never did before. I just think a lot of times it's just like, I, I'm not going to correct. That there's just kind of, is that what I really want to be able to identify in the relationship? Is that, oh, I got him to think clearly on that. You know, because, you know, how do we know what is exactly clear anyway? But was I, did I listen? You know, did I address and try to understand 
fear. Um, that's where I want to connect with somebody on their fear, not so much on whatever crazy thing I think they might be thinking. You know, that's not going to change it. I mean, the heart issue is the fear and anxiety, and that's where I want to connect with them. Your answer brought up two questions in my mind. The first one is, how do we, you know, you kind of talked about, is it even worth stepping into this conversation? How do we know when we step, we need to step into a conversation? I mean, we can be sitting at a big family dinner and several, several members are having a conversation and we just really disagree with what they're saying and feel they're out of line. How do we know when to step in? I, again, I think it's that, that self-check that we have to do with ourselves and say, you know, what is the value added in doing that? You know, is it going to be just adding fuel to the fire? You know, do I want to waste this moment where I, again, I want that connection with family members? I mean, I know specifically family members that I totally disagree with, but you know what? I don't, that's not where I'm going to be meeting them on that area. So sometimes it's like, I mean, you can just kind of be fun. People, again, because if we're secure in who we are, um, you know, if we, if we have experienced, you know, that Jesus sees us, Jesus soothes us, that we're safe and secure in who we are in Christ, then we can, we, we can bring the, the light, the joy, the love into the situation that somebody else doesn't have. So that's not going to be part of the conversation. As Christ followers, that's what we're bringing. We're bringing in peace. We're bringing in light. We're bringing in love. We're bringing in joy. So, yeah, it's like, you know... What a great season to be talking about football. Let's change the conversation. You know, who's going to be hired for that coach that was just fired? You know, um, but, but, but we, we really have to watch ourselves, what our motivation is. You know, and, it, you know, is it to have a win? No, my, my motivation is I want to stay connected. And I have good relationship with family members that we know we're, you know, 180 degrees apart. But what difference does that make? I mean, really, ultimately, what difference does that make? But no, if we have a history together as family, a legacy that we want to pass on, what do we want to be passing on to our children? That when we were together with family, it was volatile, that it was, it was scary, it was dangerous emotionally to be there? No, 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 we're going to be, hey, we are around the table together. Um, we are in that conversation together. Um, but, I mean, you know, we all probably have situations where we have bad memories of, holidays or something because you know somebody said something and then somebody took off in that direction and then it was all over that isn't who we want to be um i'm really trying to think if there are some things that are really worth i use this phrase with somebody to say are there really that many things in our culture topics politics um to fall on the sword for. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Let me tell you where that question comes from. Yeah. So I remember uh, it was 2019, I believe. I was sitting in on a, a, a it was a roundtable discussion about uh, just race relations and where our country is. And somebody asked the question to the table. They said, you know, how do I know when to step into a conversation if we're discussing race? And it was, they were, the, the lady just said, you know, if they're being extremely vulgar, if they're coming out, you know, that's where you have to stand up and tell them what's right. Um, so I think that's where I'm framing yeah. that question. Yeah. question. yeah, okay, I get that. The, um, yeah, again, I, I think, you know, I think there's a way to turn the conversation where, where you bring your heart into it, your perspective into it. 
you know, it's really hard for me to hear you talk that way because that hasn't been my experience. And what you're saying is like that that is that's all you know, that is very harsh and that's not always true. But I think that if we and I say, you know, that's really hard for me to hear because that isn't what my experience has been, that that we own our emotions in it. Um but no, no, I'm with you on that, that you know, if they are really kind of going in that you say, I I need you not to I think we can say that. I need you not to say that because that just is, that's really harsh. You know, um, we can do that with fellow believers. It's harder when people aren't. But I don't know. I don't think that should stop us, you know. Well, and to go on the other end of that, when is, the, when is it time to walk away from the conversation when we see that there's no longer value being added? When, when do we know it's time to walk away? Because, I mean, like we've said, that's the relationship. You know, are we walking away from the relationship by doing that? Again, I think we need to be aware of how we do that internally. Like, I could, I could be walking away from you right now, you know, as we're talking. You know, I think that, um, you know, what, what is the cost? You know, are any of these conversations, the political conversations, are they worth destroying a relationship? They're just not. And again, I think that that's where we can be able just to be, be guiding it. You're going to know. I mean, I don't think that there's like a, well, when they say this, that means it's the end of that. But if there's anything that is not honoring to God, that is not true, um, that, is, that is destructive to somebody else, <clears throat> that's when we just say, you know, this is where we are. And we just have to agree to disagree because I, because I want to be, my connection with you is more important to me than one of us being right, you know. Let me, let me ask you this. I've had conversations where it ended with, let's just disagree or agree to disagree. Do we actually mean that when we say that? Because, I mean, I still, I think about that when I talk to those people. I think, you know, they said this and I really disagree with them. I hold on to that. Is that a true statement? Well, that depends on, you'd have to answer that one. I mean, um, yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's a phrase that ends a conversation. Is it just a cop-out at the end of the day? It, again, it depends. It could be a cop-out, but now I think in some ways, it, 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 if it can be communicated honestly. You know, I value who you are. Um, I disagree with you, but I value you more than the disagreement. You know, so yeah, so we're just going to have to agree that we're in different places with this, but I value you more. I value our, our relationship more. So thank you for what you did say. I want to think about that because, you know, we're all always able to bring new things, new perspectives. But, but I know what you're saying when we say, well, well, we just have to agree. That basically means be quiet, be quiet. And it can be just a cutoff. Or is there a way to be communicating that within the context of maintaining a relationship? I think that's what we always have to be communicating. Whatever you've said, whatever you believe does not mean that I am just throwing you away we don't want to be thrown away so whoever we're talking with they need to know we are there's there, you know there's nothing they can say that we're going to just throw them away but you know you know relationships are always you know dynamic they're always changing you know um, our culture changes all the time you know politics are changing all the time our perspectives you know we have certain perspectives but the context is often what we're talking about. That you know, we get caught up in the context of the of the topic rather than the you know the the foundation of it. But I think the foundation of it for me is just always what can I do to keep this relationship intact, 
you know, as my brother and sister of Christ, as a family member, um, can I walk away um, with that person? Not so much that I've heard, but does that person feel that I heard them, that I saw them, that I listened? I want to go back to something you said earlier about, you know, when we do step into a conversation and we are, we are correct. There is no bones about it. We are correct. Uh, how do we not gloat in that? How do we not feel too much pride in setting someone straight? Lance, I feel like you're revealing more of who you are in this conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to win. Um, you know, we're always walking into these things humbly, you know, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're just saying, you, you know, it's it's not a battle. You know, it's a person, you know, that I'm trying to maintain this relationship with. Um, but, you know, we are all prideful people. It is part of our nature of who we are um, at this point, um, this side of heaven, as we say. Um, that oftentimes it's, it's hard for either of us to say, to move. So, oh, 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 okay, I get that. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of a conversation I had with my husband last night, and I, I cut him off. But, but I did from the standpoint where he pointed out something to me, and he was right, and really I was like, oh. And I didn't need to talk about it anymore. I'm like, I get it. And he wanted to keep going out and said, no, 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 I heard you, I get it. You know, but it's like, when we need to be able to know, okay, you know, and he could have said, oh, well, yeah, I won her over. Well, no, you presented a fact to me that I didn't know before, you know, and I was willing to hear you. Um, but, yeah, it is hard to, I, I'm not sure if he walked away gloating, but, you know, I think that he did say, okay, she just didn't see that. I showed her this, and I was willing to learn. I was willing to say, oh, okay, that's it. So, but I think it has to be two ways. I think if we are walking away saying, that um, man, man, I made a great point. Then we're really not in a good place, you know. That we're just like, okay, yeah, I did make some good points, but so did they. And from the standpoint, even if we disagree with the, the context of what they're saying, they made a point, and to me, understanding who they are. And I can love someone a whole lot better if I understand who they are. A whole lot. I think about you know in disagreements we're failing to remember that these are also children of god that, that these are every single one of us is made in god's image regardless of our faith regardless of where we are in life we're all in that place and i think we're failing to remember that when we disagree can you talk about that some oh yeah we always need to be reminding ourselves that we are in conversation with someone who is an image bearer of god that someone that jesus came for um we, we have lost that understanding that, yeah, these are image bearers and all that means that, you know, that they are people um, who Jesus died for, who um, is in their life in ways that we may not understand. Um, and I say that's, I think that's true even with believers and non-believers, that God is always involved in, in each of our lives, whether we're following him or not. And to be, to be curious enough to say, okay, what could God be doing with this person right now? Um, but that's where we really are respecting each other and and really moving in moving towards them as we need to remember how God moves towards us you know and he moves towards us with patience and kindness mercy goodness love patience 
So why would I not do that with somebody else? Yeah, and so I think that if we're remembering those things, then then we can, you know, like we run up to the edge, but we don't step over the edge because we realize, okay, I've, I've almost stepped over the edge, but I'm not going to. You know, get, I found this, I love this. This is a great translation of 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about how we engage with each other. And 1 Corinthians 13, unfortunately, I think we just kind of, we only wait to hear it um, at a wedding ceremony. And then even then at a wedding ceremony, we go, oh, isn't that nice? Um, oh, that couple, they've got, oh, wait till, wait till they find out what it's really like. But we need to remember that 1 um, Corinthians, it was written to a body of believers telling them what's expected of them, that love is the driving force, that nothing else matters other than expressing love. Um, let me read this translation. I was reading it this morning. I thought, oh my gosh, this is so good. Beginning with verse 4, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. That's a good one. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failures to feet for it never gives up. There's so many just great phrases in there. You know, love is not easily irritated. Isn't that what we're, the culture of irritation right now? Not easily irritated um, or quick to take offense. Lance, I can't believe you. How, how could you think I would think that way? We, we just, we take offense so quickly, but love is a place of shelter. And isn't that what I want to be doing with my presence, you know, in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you know, around a table and some kind of group meeting? You know, I, I want to be a safe place. And I can be, because the Holy Spirit in me, the love that is just moving through me. But, that, but that's what you're talking about, that that is moving towards someone who's a child of God. If I'm, if I'm a child of God, this is what I'm doing. I remember that love is large. Love is larger than any of these conversations that we're having. It covers a multitude of sins. You know, Paul is very quick on that. But we need to remember that, you know, yes, we, yeah, these conversations can be legitimate, they can be an irritation, but love is bigger than all of those things. That's, that's a good segue to a question I had. Is, you know, what happens when the conversation goes sour and that relationship has maybe deteriorated because of the conversation? How do we reconcile that relationship? Oh, you know, we are so slow to ask forgiveness, aren't we? You know, um, I want to ask forgiveness if I have offended you in any way. Now, if you're saying that, it's like, um, I'm not asking forgiveness if, you know, I said something wrong. But, but it's like, I offended you. I didn't attack. You're saying, but, but that's what it is. It's always, it's the person, not the topic. But, you know, we, we, you know, we are the ones that need to take the lead on asking forgiveness. And I always say, I always, I did this with my kids when they were growing up. I wouldn't say if they did something to each other or to, you know, one of us, they never just said, I'm sorry, because that, and that's a quick throwaway line. But forgiveness involves more of who I am. That I'm, and so even if I'm saying that, I think that communicates my commitment, um, that I'm not turning on my heels and walking away, that I'm moving towards you with love, 
because I want reconciliation. So will you forgive me? Now, what their response is, isn't your responsibility. But that catches people like, oh, you know, she's not saying she's, she's right or wrong or that I am, but that she wants that, that relationship connection. Will you forgive me? Going, thinking a little, kind of changing gears just a little bit, but as a Christian, what is our place as a mediator? What if we're at that family dinner again and to our uncle and our grandfather are going at it and we're just sitting there trying to eat our turkey and cornbread? What's our place to step in or is our place to even step in there? You know, it's hard to talk about specifics. You know, again, I'm just thinking of situations. How do we move towards each other with love? But I don't, I don't know what that could look like in a particular situation. If you're in between, you know, these two men who are going at it, I mean, there's just got to be a way of kind of bringing it back home to where we are. You know, there will be a lot of wasted dinner table conversations this season. A lot. And as Christ followers, we don't want to be a part of those. We want to be the ones that... You know, how did Jesus handle those things? You know, Jesus was always at the table with people. You know, Jesus was somehow, he would address the concerns and move on, you know, to the person. I don't know. That's where you're just kind of being clever. You're, you know, you're, and, and it can be obvious. I mean, I would say, yeah, be obvious in what you're doing. Don't be subtle. Say, hey, you know, um, you know, are, are the Lions even going to win that football game today? Probably not. Why not? But, and people would know. And, you know, sometimes if if they're just kind of that way and they won't let up, there's not a whole lot you can do. You're not responsible for them. You're responsible for you, you know. And so I think that's what you're doing, that you're just, um, you know, what's at stake there is really a lot, you know, around a table. I'm thinking of an intergenerational table, um, kids watching. Kids are watching really closely right now as to how adults have responded these last 20 months. But, but that's what we do. We're like, I, I, our responsibility is to somehow still move in love without dismissing them. Yeah, I can think of a situation like that where people would feel dismissed, I've been shut down. No, hey, hey, why don't we go talk about this after? Hey, after pumpkin pie, let's go do this. You know, um, again, people, you know, again, what is going on there? Fear, anxiety, you know, that may not be part of our world at all that we're thinking about, that we don't think that way. Um, but they do. So how do you kind of just connect with them? I mean, there's not a perfect sentence for that, but that's what you're thinking about. Okay, what's really going on here? You know, you know, you know there's so much history that goes on around the table that some things we know about, some things we don't. Um, but in that moment, what are we doing? We're gathering together and we're being, we're seeking that connection. And, and I think about, no one likes confrontation. It's never fun. Some people are better at it than others. Um, but it's like, like we've been saying, this is a relationship. This is hard conversations to get us to grow in our relationships. So what's your encouragement to people to not avoid having these conversations when they come up? Well, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I think you, you keep short accounts on those conversations. You just keep them short. You know... I'm gonna. I you and I don't see things the same way. I, I want to hear that a little bit, um, but I think we need to recognize. I mean, we all know that n- n- nobody runs head first into conflict. 
But when we reframe conflict as something that will in fact be our point of growth, um, that can lead to something deeper and more um, life-giving, um, then I think that we don't have to shy away from it. But again, we can't be ones that are going in for the win. We, we just, that's not what we're aiming for. We're aiming for the, for the heart and the heart connection with the person that we're in conflict with. You know, and I'm just, I'm thinking of situations like that where, okay, let's deal with this, you know, and, but then being able to walk away, I mean, just as whole people, you know, it's like, okay, um, I mean, you know, yourself and your marriage, that's what you're doing all the time. I mean, you know, my marriage, um, relationship with my kids, we're always compromising. You know, we, we, we are all broken, wounded people and we need to recognize that in the other person that, you know, it's okay that we disagree. You know, that the goal is not to agree necessarily. You know, it's like the goal is to love and to care and to treat the other as the image bearer of God that they are and to love large. Well, Jackie, unless you have anything else to add, I think that is a perfect place to end this conversation because I think that's ultimately the goal of it is to show respect, love, and end in, in, in the conversation knowing that that relationship is still intact and growing. So unless you have anything to add, I think this is a good place to end it. Yeah, I think, it, Lance, this, is, this has been fun. It's kind of getting me stirred up a little bit on some situations I'm thinking about. But, you know, it is, I just want to always be thinking beneath, beneath what you're seeing. What you're seeing is not the whole story. It's not the whole picture, you know. And God loves us. He knows all our insides. He knows everything about us. And he still loves us and he pursues us. And that's who we want to be as people who love Jesus, that, you know, we want to love like Jesus. That's what we want to do. Thanks, Lance. Well, thank you, Jackie.